Anyways, it is um, it is Tuesday, September 6, 2022. Of course, uh, we're live every single day. And um, yeah, Chris, week one of college football now officially in the books. Um, anything jump off the page yet for week two? Obviously, we're going to go over a lot of the big games over the course of the week. We've got NFL this week. Um, but anything just jump off the page and you look at the lines for week two and you just say, Man, I got to get me some of this one right here, right now. Because if anyone wakes up and sees this, um, I'm not going to get this anymore. Well, I think you're starting to, to uh, convince me on that. I mean, if I wasn't convinced before on that Alabama against Texas, going all the way up to you know, three or four scores. Oh, man. But the one thing that kind of also stood out was uh, – Maybe not something that necessarily I would bet, but that Michigan line open at 15 and a half against Hawaii. Uh, that's, some of these lines are kind of blowing, blowing my head off. But, uh, yeah, another one I, I kind of like right now is uh, is Iowa State. I think, I, I think I'm think i reading into that, that sluggish performance against South Dakota State. I'm not saying it's going to doom Iowa, but uh, I think Iowa State, you know, they take these rivalry games seriously, and I think they're going to show up to uh, show up to Kinnick Stadium to play. I'm on a flat-out fade at Texas A&M this year. They're my Padres, and, um, you know, just very, very similar to the Padres, a team that really hasn't accomplished anything, that went out and got a lot of high-priced free agents and, um, you know, still have the same coach, still the same core, and until they get over the hump and playing in, you know, the toughest division out there, well, we're not going to see much from them. They play App State this week. They got Miami next week at home, um, 16-and-a-half against an App State team that, we know it was a little bit of a sieve on defense, but the Texas A&M offense looked terrible against Sam Houston State. A couple of big plays here and there, but outside of that, it was mundane, to say the least, and the most overrated team in the country at number seven, and um, at least at least one of them. And um, App State, at least you know for all you know for all the points they gave up against a North Carolina offense that's better than the Texas A&M offense, much better. Um, you know, they, they, they also put on 61 too. So I think, I think Texas A&M is in for at least a little bit of a scare. I'm going to probably put some money line on some app state there for me. And, um, you know, also, you know, I'll take the points. Anything else, um, jump off the page at you just, you know, before we get started into today's baseball. No, I'm just, I'm just scouring through the lines quickly to see if there's anything that that's, uh, you know, I've already right dialed now. in, did my research. I took all yesterday. You know, there was day baseball, and I kind of took it as a couch day, and I went through all the games, and I'm just I'm ready to go for college football week two already. You know, it's like I know who played who, what they did, everyone. I know, you know, the ins and outs. I'm ready to go. I know Auburn's two quarterback system and all that. I said, there's another team, right? Ryan Harson done nothing at Auburn, you know, absolutely zero. And then um, you got Kent State or um, San Jose State, um, Shavian Cordero coming over from Hawaii at QB. Um, I think Auburn wins this game, but we've seen Auburn in spots like this win by eight, you know, <laughs> plenty yeah. of times. And it was a sh- and shaky eight at that, especially with Harson as the head coach. I think that, you know, I think what we're starting to see with some of these head coaches like Avalosa Boise, who was Harson's replacement, maybe these guys aren't the guy, you know? Maybe you're not the guy. Yeah. We do that on our show too. Since we just wake up one day and say, you know what, you're not the guy anymore. No, but I think the uh, I think something that maybe if, if people are going to bet on Oklahoma, you might want to do it now because I have a feeling that line is going to is going to 
skyrocket as well. I like the other side of that one, too. I like almost all the dogs this week, except for Texas. What do you like about Oklahoma? I don't know. I just think that, you know, the offense clearly didn't didn't skip a beat. I mean, granted, you're going to have to take on... Kent State, but Kent State kind of had their doors blown in by uh, by Washington as well. And Oklahoma, and like I said, the offense still clicking. And but there's a the difference to... between week one and week two where the team oh, is basically prepped, you know, for months for this game. And then all of a sudden, it's week two. It's a short week. You're back to normal, you yeah. know? I, yeah. It's, I, not I, like I, they, it's not like they spent part of the time, um, you know, game planning for Kent State. They spent the no, whole time, you know, for UTEP. No, I get it, but I'm, you got, I'm you got to I, spend at least four weeks, five weeks of prep on UTEP. Everyone knows that. <laughs> I just think if, if you're going to look for any week one to week two carryover, you know, if with just a one week sample size, Oklahoma, no, knowing what we know about Oklahoma, how usually they can be a, a bit of a sieve defensively and just worry about offense first. Now they got a better uh, offensive coach in, in, in Brent Benables, and now we'll, we'll see if they can put the. Uh, if this is where the rubber meets the road, if they can actually start playing some solid defense and keep a keep a, a pretty good offense going as well. Let's just say it, you know. Um, I think Clemson does have a quarterback controversy. I think listening to Dabo's question, Dabo's interview after the game made it clear that um, made it clear that he's fully content to switch quarterbacks at any given time. He certainly has done it in the past. Um, how long do you think he waits? A couple weeks, if that. Yeah, if that, right? I mean, um, we clearly have a better quarterback on the bench. So yeah, I, yeah, I think it's I think it's a two week. I think by week four, it could the, the switch could happen. He even said he's like these guys are team players. They root for the other guy. You know, he was like very made it very clear that. <laughs> no, it no problem changing him in and out. No loyalty to anyone. I like Kentucky plus the points against the Gators. I think the Gators win. I think Kentucky covers that one. I think I think Florida's sucker bet. Um, you know, I think that you'll see a lot of public action on Florida because of the the high profile win against Utah. And um, Kentucky actually usually starts the season gangbusters. They play, they've played Florida, like, extremely tough over the last five years or so. Looking at that one. Um, tomorrow we'll probably talk NFL. And Sunday I go on the road. I mean, uh, Thursday I'll be on the road for the show. Hopefully we have no tech issues. If we do, um, we'll figure it out. And then, um, I don't know. To me, it just seems very doggy next week. But I do like Michigan minus the 50. <laughs> we like to call that, we like to call that half a hundred. <laughs> I was waiting to hear your thoughts on that game when you saw that line. Yeah, I, I like a lot of the dogs. A lot of the dogs. Who's Nebraska playing? Georgia Southern. There's a live dog for you. Anyways, let's get to today's Major League Baseball schedule. I got a meeting at 11 a.m., so we're going to have to move. No lollygagging. 
invented lollygagging on this show. Mets against the Pirates. Taiwan Walker getting the nod here against Mitch Keller. Chris, you're going to watch this one? Well, I was going to say if it was an early, early start, I might, but the doubleheader saved for tomorrow. So I'm still going to lean towards the Mets. Um, I know uh, Taiwan Walker's had issues in his career against the Pirates. I think across three starts, he's got an ERA up around eight, but the Mets are just in a groove right now. And Mitch Keller, while he he was a pitcher, we were making some money within an underdog role. He's back to being the Mitch Keller that uh, that we've made money fading. So I think the uh, the Mets come out to play today have some, some rest under their belt, and that's only going to help them here. So give me the uh, give, me, give me the Mets on the run line here. I like, um, yeah, I'm going to go with you on the Mets. So Saturday I was watching the games, and, you know, I have my standard, um, you know, three TV, um, my four TV setup. And, you know, I was having trouble because I had the iPad set up, and then I had four, um, four over. So what I did was I wheeled the TV. You can see I took a picture of it. So here's here's my three TV, my general four TV, and then I took this one. I wheeled it out of the office. It's on a little cart out of the studio. So I have it on a cart, and I wheeled it out there for the fifth TV. Mm. Yeah, to watch the game. So I had five TVs, the iPad, and the computer. So I had seven, a little over a half dozen. Screen's going to say that. I'm a fixer, Chris. That's what I do. I see problems, I fix it. <laughs> the type of person I am. You know, certain people have things, they, 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 certain people are, you know, they're, they're the caring, they have whatever. Me, I'm a fixer, you know? I can't help it. When you said you wheeled it out, I, I seriously thought you were going to say it. it was like one of those little old school wheel carts. Oh, no, it's, I got it. It's in the studio. It's right, I got it right here. Yeah. yeah it's right. I, that's how I do the halftime shows. You know, to have, I have, I have a 55-inch TV that's three inches away from me. Everyone knows I'm old. Haven't you read, haven't you read the YouTube comments? <laughs> They'll tell you how old I am. I've been called old and crappy by people that I made millionaires. That's how old I am. Told the game passed me by. That was my favorite. That was a long time ago. Anyways, <laughs> actually, it's today. Uh, we've got the Rays against the Red Sox. Drew Rasmussen against Rich Hill. I don't know. I think the Rays might own the uh, Red Sox recent history. Um, says, I think the Rays have won 91 in a row against the Red Sox. Is that what that says, Chris? It, it, could, it could be. I'm not 100% sure. It could be a couple off of that. Um what do you think of this game? Yeah, I know. They've won nine straight as home favorites. So, um, But I do think that the Rays When's the last are... time they were dogs against the Red Sox at home? Yeah, this is true. I don't For sale? It might have it been, yeah, it might have been earlier. Well, it might have been earlier this season. Who knows? Um, I, haven't, I haven't kept track of that. But uh, I do think the Rays are the play here. Um both teams have been playing well lately, but for me, it's all about Drew Rasmussen. He puts the Rays in the best possible chance to, or in the best possible spot for them to get a win when he's on the mound. And um, over his last few starts, a 1.85 ERA across his last seven. Rich Hill's been pitching a little bit better in a couple of his recent starts, but he's still only a four inning, five inning guy at best. And in those four or five innings, he's doing some damage. Last time I gave up four runs in four innings against the Texas Rangers. And I think, uh, 
If he does that here, it's going to be more than enough for the Rays to get a win in this one. So I'll take the Rays. Eight in a row as home favorite. Seven in a row straight up at home versus the Red Sox. So that eighth game was the last time the, uh, or nine games ago, something like that. From there, you can figure it. You can do the math. We can. Somebody can. <laughs> Not us, <laughs> but somebody can. But, um, yeah. You got the Phillies. Aaron Nola, he got pelted last time. Was that, I think that's putting it nicely. Um, he got um, he got bitch slapped, I think was the proper term on that one. He got absolutely crushed. Do you think prison rape would be a uh, correct term on that one? Because, I mean, he got slaughtered. I mean, he got absolutely crushed. Um, and here he is against Jesus Lazardo at home. Let's take a look at Aaron Lola's stat line from last time. I know that he went over to the, he looked was looking for the octagon and a place to tap is what is what he was doing. Four innings, ten hits, eight runs, all earned in a bomb on eighty three pitches in Arizona. Twelve um, three was the finale of that thing. But Nola, he wanted out. He wanted out, out, out. He wanted off that mound. Um, in a hurry, no walks in that thing either, you know, 10 hits, eight runs, no walks. It was all just ball on wood. Chris, what do you, do you think uh, Nola bounces back here? After that, uh, after that description, I think you're going to give him the laugh track for this one, but I think he does. Um, it's not my favorite play on the board by any stretch. Is it because I mean, of the minus 240 odds? Is that why it's not your favorite? No, it's because it's because we all know that Aaron Nola is capable of getting blown up. But if there's one team he's performed well against this season, it is the Miami Marlins. Uh, two runs allowed over 15 and a third innings of work. And, you know, the, the thing about the Marlins is that they're still having scoring issues. That's now eight straight games where they've scored two runs or less, nine of their last ten. And the Phillies, we know what the, the offense is capable of. They put up four, three or four runs here. It could be enough to cover the run line. So lean towards the Phillies' run line, but I'm probably not a game I'm, I'm, I'm betting today. Kind of reminds me of that old joke, Chris. Knock, knock. Who's there? Jesus. Jesus who? Jesus Lizardo is going to kick the Phillies' asses today. <laughs> Anyways, I like, the, I like the Marlins in this one. I like the value, and I like Jesus Lizardo on the mound here. The Marlins kind of saved him, you know, in the minors most of the season, and uh, I'm going to go with Jesus uh, in this one. You like that one, don't you, Chris? I do. I've been I saving do. that one all season. <laughs> yeah, I got it. This is, this is my A material, you know. That made me laugh so much. <laughs> well, it's because it was unexpected. I just, I just, I just picture Lazardo walking up to the Phillies locker room and knocking on the door. <laughs> Excuse me. Knock, knock. Who's there? He's just, he's, he's just gonna kick the Phillies' ass. That's it. <laughs> All right. Speaking of ass kicking. Uh, yesterday, I talked Chris off the ledge and I probably um, saved him a couple shekels there in the process in that Yankees Twins game. <laughs> Twins now moved to uh, one and seventeen at the stadium in their last eighteen. That was like the sharps were all. That was like the Bitler. The squares are all over the Yankees in this one. It's like yeah, they're sixteen and one at home against the Twins straight up. It's like, do you see the Aaron Judge home run? It's like he looked real intimidated by those squares out there. It's like, 
Oh, man. But Joe Ryan has not been good, you know, since the first month or so of the season. He's up against Cole, who's also not been good. This thing could be an over six and a half. I get this thing could be over in the third inning. I like the over in the Yankees twins. How about you? Yeah, I'm with you. By the way, Aaron Judge, one of the home run prop winners we gave out on that YouTube VIP premium show yesterday. So uh, definitely check that out. But uh, I think we have another couple today. But I, I, I do. I'm with you. I love the over here. I, I'm ticked off. I didn't put it in as a premium because you look at Joe Ryan's last two road starts. He's allowed 16 runs, 15 earned over nine and two thirds innings of work. And uh, Garrett Cole. You know, he he's getting paid thirty five million, but not pitching like a thirty five million dollar pitcher. We see uh, his last uh, four home starts; he's allowed three, uh, sorry, four more runs in three of those four starts. So capable of getting hit here as well. I, I'm with you. I think this could get over by the middle innings. Give me the over six and a half. Yeah, I like the I like the over big time in that game. Al McMorty's texting me. He's mocking. He's mocking somebody. Oh, was he getting a lot? It was Jesus Lizardo too. <laughs> well, our friends at Doc Sports took out an ad um, in one of those things, and it says experience matters. But if you look at the way they spelled experience, obviously spelling doesn't. <laughs> it's like these guys let's put it in super hyper bold text <laughs> experience uh, that's funny that's hilarious oh man Oh, that's great. We're giving everybody a ton of material to work with today. We got the Orioles and the Blue Jays going at it. Oh, man, did I get my ass kicked on this one yesterday. I had the over in the first game, and then the second game, Jordan Lyles didn't pitch, so I got I my bet got scratched. But I had a premium pick on it, which I took the loss on like a man because, you know, whatever. But um, Jordan Lyles didn't pitch, so I got no action on my loss. Hopefully everybody else did that took my pick on that one. Chris, what do you got here? I like I think I think the uh, Orioles bounce back these next two games. What do you think here? You know, I never thought I'd say this about Kyle Bradish, but he's been outstanding in his last couple starts. Fifteen straight shutout innings, and he played against the uh, the Guardians and the Astros on the road in those two starts. For me, this one just all boils down to you know the Jays aren't going to win every single game. Yeah, they won five straight and. Uh, Seven of the last eight, but now they're starting Mitch White, who uh, who's, who's been dreadful in his in his uh, in his time with the Blue Jays, and was the only reason that the Blue Jays don't have an eight game win streak coming into this uh, coming into this one. So I, I, I do lean towards the, the the Orioles here. I think they pick up a win in this one behind uh, another strong start from Bradish, and uh, yeah, I'll take I'll take the Orioles here in the plus money. I'm gonna take the Orioles as well. Well, now I see it's out of plus money and into an into a near coin flip. Is it? Yeah. Uh, I think though. you know the the thing is the the Orioles were so bad in those games yesterday. They were just terrible. You know they really went through the bullpen and they just got crushed. Let's see, we've got the. 
Cubs and the Reds. Wade Miley up against Justin Dunn. See what the wind's blowing. Wind blowing in at Wrigley today. What do you think of this one? Um, yeah, for me, I, I like the value here with the Cincinnati Reds. Justin Dunn, he's really you know picked it up in his last couple of starts. And for me, this just boils down to the fact that I don't want to be laying minus 165 with the Chicago Cubs on a good day. But now with Wade Miley, who hasn't pitched in two months, you know, going against going against the Reds, even even the Cincinnati Reds, I think the the Cubs could be in a little bit of trouble here. You know, still just two and eight in their last ten, and uh, twenty eight and thirty eight at home this season doesn't spell minus one sixty five for me. So, give me give me the Cincinnati Reds and the plus money in this one. Yeah, I'm gonna go with the uh, I'm gonna go with the with the Reds too. I, I like the first five as well. Reds. Um, I like the Yurfy. Kind of like the whole, the the catalog here. Um, the Cubs just terrible at home, terrible in their last 10. The Reds actually not playing horrible baseball. Chris, what are you selling today? Well, today for me, I got my $15 pickoff play. We hit a speed bump with the Cardinals yesterday, but that just means we get to start a new streak again. And uh, I also got that $15 play as part of my Tuesday top tips MLB three-pack for 40 bucks to pick dogs premium. And make sure that you use that, uh, that promo code WIN15, get 15% off your purchase. So... Paul is saying um, any NFL contest kicking off this year, pick dogs. So here's the problem that we had is that I had a gigantic NFL contest. Like it was going to be one of the largest cash prizes in, in the history of internet NFL contest. It was going to be massive. But what happened was, is that first it became like um, this whole insurance thing nightmare. And then it became, so then I lowered the price um, of the of the first prize, and I was just going to write the check myself for a hundred thousand dollars for the winner. And um, then they said um, that my my lawyers said that I needed to be bonded in certain states um, to do this. So it takes just takes took time to do that sort of thing. So in Florida, California, and a few other states, if you're going to have entries from those states, you need to be bonded in those states, meaning you have to show them the money and like have it set in an escrow account and like all this other stuff, all stuff that was, is no big deal. I just, you know, just the logistics of getting it done in the amount of times, but we had the whole system built and everything. So either we're going to do something at the halfway point of the season, or we're going to do something in a couple weeks in, or we're going to do something or we'll save it for next year and do the original prize that I wanted to do, which is mind blowing. So, but that's the deal with the NFL contest. And I'm, I apologize for it. But um, I ran contests last year. Not a lot of people were interested, so that's why we decided to uh, crank it up to un, un, unheard of levels. Good question. No such thing as stupid questions, except for the stupid questions. Knock, knock. <laughs> Who's there? <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Chris, Chris loves that bit. <laughs> I got a I, I got my fi- I got my $15 big play. I had I hit on mine yesterday and then uh, oh man, I had that kid from the Astros Hunter Brown. Did you see that guy? Oh my god. Um we think Jorge Kirby is something special. This guy's unbelievable. Hunter Brown. They asked him how did you learn how to pitch like that? Watching Justin Verlander. Grew up in Detroit. 
said watching Justin Verlander. Did your father teach you how to throw like that? I watched Justin Verlander and I would just imitate him. He has that over the top power throw. It was like no one could hit it. I think I think they said he threw it like a ninety five mile an hour slider. Yeah. And the only other person that's hit that high this season was Jacob Degrom on a yeah. slider. Oh, uh, he he's like I mean it was ridiculous. We'll never see prices like that on Hunter Brown again. You know, it's like he's gonna be like minus two fifty next time. Speaking of minus 250, we got the Cardinals taking on the Nationals. Jose Quintana on the mound, minus 255 against Paolo Espino. The Cardinals are, um, I think, 7-0 and on the run line um, as run line favorites following a loss. And I think that trend continues here. Cardinals against the Nationals. I like the cards in this one, Chris. I, I think they're, they're trudging um, towards, um, you know, they're towards closing things out there. Yeah, I think so too, but I'm, I'm a little bit skittish after they burned my butt yesterday. So I'm going to go with the over in this one. I think the offense, you know, comes to play. And while I don't think that the uh, the Nationals, you know, put up seven runs like the six runs, seven runs like they did yesterday, I think they're still going to put up enough to uh, to help us get over this number. So I'm with you. I lean towards the Cardinals, but I think my stronger play in this one is going to be the over. I like the Cardinals run line, but I can't give it out because it's it's not something I believe in. It's against everything I believe in. Kansas City Royals did me dirty yesterday. I thought they I thought they had it and uh, they let it slip away from them in extra innings. And then in extras, they even had a shot. Last play went down to replay, and the replay went the other way on me. And so today they try and bounce back. Chris, son of a boobitch, up against Shane, baby, 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 Bieber. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to stick with the Guardians on the run line in this one. Bieber has had the number of the Royals in, in recent years, a 2.08 ERA across his last five starts against uh, against Kansas City. And a 1.90 ERA in his last seven. He's just he's pitching more and more like the staff ace for the Guardians that we've become you know accustomed to seeing over the years. And Chris Bubich, you know, he's pitched well in spots, but I think this is just one of those spots where the Guardians, the offense is finally coming alive again. And I think they get a win on the run line in this one. So with the, the Cleveland Guardians, minus one and a half. I don't love the way the Guardians have been playing. You know, I really don't. We're going to have to see if Bieber can bounce back. And it's like, this is one of those ones where it's like, eh, you know, the other side of it is nothing all that attractive. So it's kind of like makes it a tough bet, you know, all the way yeah. around. It's like, you don't want to lay, lay those kind of odds because the Guardians haven't been playing that well. But it's Chris Sonobububich on the other side. It's like, not really sure. Not sure. How's that for positivity? Framber <laughs> Valdez is pitching against Glenn Otto. Um, the Rangers have now lost nine games in a row. Getting yeah. ugly out there, Chris. Yeah, and I think it's safe to say that the, uh, the wheels weren't off the cart before. They, they certainly are now. And you look at the uh, the Rangers during this losing streak, back to scoring being an issue. Three runs or less scored in seven of the nine losses. And... Uh, I think that's not going to change here against Framber Valdez. I think, you know, Valdez, yes, he's seen a lot of the uh, the Texas Rangers this season. Uh, four starts against him, but, you know, uh, 3-0 with a sub-1 ERA against Texas this year, and as well as Glenn Otto's pitch. I remember he, he, he sort of out-dueled Justin Verlander back uh, just, over, just under a month ago. But uh, I think this is a spot where Valdez is just too much. I don't think Otto's going to be able to match zeros, and I think uh, the Astros win this one on the run line. Yeah, I like the Astros in this one. I just think the Rangers are just a mess. 
I think when we when we saw Simeon and Seager strike out the first two batters of yesterday's game, we knew they were in trouble. Uh, the Astros didn't do much offensively, and Jose Altuve takes way too many chances. I mean, one out from third base, he goes to score on a play that, like, I mean, he had like less than a thirty percent chance of making it home against a professional baseball player, and he goes anyway, you know. And it's like he, had, it would have just been one out with a guy on, you know, with a guy on third. It's like. What are you doing, dumbass? It's like that's what I'm thinking to myself. Well, I say, actually I said it out loud. It's kind of like the George Carlin words that you can't say on TV. That's like the words I say while watching sports that I'm betting on. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. What is it? The seven, the seven words that you can't say. <laughs> I used all of them in one sentence without taking a breath. <laughs> we got the Rockies taking on the Brewers and. Uh, the Rockies got out to a 3 nothing lead in yesterday's game, and then they actually had a chance late, but um, did not capitalize on that. So um, they go back at it today. Chad Cool, who hasn't been bad this season, up against Brandon Woodruff. Chris, I like the under in this thing. Uh, call me crazy. Yeah, I, yeah it's, it's tough for me to get on the under just with, with Chad Cool. I mean, he hasn't been, uh, hasn't been terrible since coming back to the rotation, but I still have a hard time with the... Uh, the 8.90 ERA in his last seven, but I'm going to go with the Milwaukee Brewers here. I, I, I like Brandon Woodruff. I like the way he's been pitching uh, up until his, last, his most recent start where he gave up five runs to Arizona, but Arizona had been swinging a hot bat over that stretch. And uh, I think Woodruff just keeps the Rockies' bats in check and uh, and helps the Brewers get a much-needed win here, but uh, definitely not my favorite game on the board. What specifically about the 8.90 ERA don't you like? I mean, what, what, what specifically? <laughs> How close it is to nine. <laughs> yeah, it sure is. It sure is up there. I like the under in that thing. I think there's. I think. I think it's going to be a better game than most people think. Tigers stink. Um, this just in. Mike Myers on the mound for the Angels up against the Tigers. The Tigers three and seven in the last ten. The Angels seven and three. The Angels are like loose as a goose playing you know, solid baseball. Sixteen games. Um, seventeen games under five hundred. Um, but playing well. Um, I like the way the Angels are playing personally. What do you think in this one? Yeah, yeah, it's uh, for me. It's all about which Mike Mayers is going to show up. Is it the one that threw five shutout innings against Tampa Bay on the road, <clears throat> or the one that gave up uh, seven runs, five earned to the Yankees at home? And even against the Tigers, I think he's going to give up a couple here. But I, I'm, I'm leaning towards the over mainly because I think the Angels are going to do a lot of the damage in this game. Like you said, they're playing well right now. You know, getting Mike Trout back in the lineup, they're swinging a hot bat, and. Uh, Actually, absolutely took out the ugly stick on the uh, the Tigers yesterday. I think they could do it again here with Eduardo Rodriguez on the mound. So give me the over as well as lean towards the Angels. Angels have lost seven in a row at night following a win. <laughs> Meanwhile, the Tigers have failed to cover the run line in their last seven. Something's got to give in this one. My guess it's going to be the Tigers. Go to our next game. And it is the Padres against the Diamondbacks. Um, a couple weeks ago on this show, I said that I was watching the games and I saw they were interviewing Madison Bumgarner. I turned the sound on on that game and listened to what he had to say. And I got to say, the guy might have a future as a manager in Major League Baseball because he pretty much nailed it. Chris, remember you remember this discussion? I talked about it on the show. I said, you know, last night I was watching the Diamondbacks game. And they interviewed Madison Bumgarner. And he said... I really think our pitching staff is going to come together and everyone's going to see it over the next month or so. 
man, these guys haven't had an over since. I mean, they haven't yeah. been involved in an over game since that. They've had 13 unders in a row. I mean, these guys are uh, these guys are playing some baseball. Defense wins championships, and it's like it's it's fine if you can't hit if the other team scores zero, you know. Meanwhile, Joe Musgrove. I mean, this guy. I think being the workhorse for all these seasons that he's now been for the Padres, it looks like he's a little long in the tooth here. I know he's your guy. What do you think? <laughs> Believe it or not, I'm actually anti Joe Musgrove today. I'm 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 on I'm on the Diamondbacks. Merrill Kelly. He's pitched just far better on the road this season. I think seven and one with a, an ERA under three, and you know Musgrove 4.05 ERA across his last seven. A far cry from the pitcher that was, you know, one of the ERA leaders early on in this season. And the Padres' inconsistencies are just not something I'm looking to back. Now they're back on a three-game losing skid. And I think the uh, I think the Diamondbacks providing a ton of value in this one. So go to Arizona. At what point does he become a public dog? Do the Diamondbacks become a public dog? At what point in this game? That's the only thing I'm worried about in this one. Yeah. I don't know. I, I still think that that's where the value is. What are the YouTube commenters saying? Normally they love the Padres when I start to bash them here. <laughs> Speaking of bashing, Cole Irvin taking on Kyle Wright in Oakland. Um, the A's um, got that home record up to 22-44. and 44. Well, The Braves 37-26, and 26, breathing down the necks of the New York Mets. So the way that this works, okay, for those of you that aren't, you know, up on up on this, and I'll just educate. This is the educational portion of our programming. The way that this works is that the team that finishes with the worst record of the division winners, which in this case, in the National League, it, if the season ended today, it would be the St. Louis Cardinals. They would play the number three wild card team, which if the season ended today would be the San Diego Padres. Then the number two wild card team would play the number one wild card team, and these are all best of three series, with the higher seed being the home, having the home field advantage in the series. So it'd be the Braves hosting the Phillies. Okay, so the number two, so the second best division hosts the no, worst third, wild. Card. No, no, the third best division hosts the third wild card. The first two get buys. Oh, first. Okay. 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 So that's the way that that works. And it's their best of three game series. So like, you know, no one's, no one's really talking about this much, but that's yeah. the way that it works. So it is a, for the Mets and the Braves, it is that where I'm, where I'm, where I'm going here, where I, where I digress is the, the Braves and the Mets, right? It's a big difference here because if you win that division, you got the buy, you know, you're free. You're clear on the buy because the Mets have 85 wins. The Braves have 84 wins. The Cardinals 79 and 56. So they have about a five game cushion there on the cards. And, you know, the Brew Crew, um, you know, they've fallen out of the They've fallen out of it in the central, you know, so they're they're looking at a wild card at best. So it, those are going to be your division winners, either the Mets or the Braves, the Cardinals and the Dodgers. And the winner of that Mets Braves for the division will get a buy. The loser, the guy, other team, they have to play a three-game series. They'll be the home team, and it will be against the Phillies or the Padres or the Brewers. But, um, you know, if, if there's any luck, it'll be against the Phillies, right, or for them, or, or Padres. But um, I don't know. 
Meanwhile, the Braves are playing the A's. This is a must-win game. Yeah, I think I think must-win is is where the Atlanta Braves thrive, and you know I think uh, I think Kyle Wright now the uncrowned ace, in my opinion, of this of this Braves rotation with Max Fried having issues here and there. What about Strider? Yeah, I, th- I think Strider definitely is capable of, you know, still being the number two, number three or number two, even uh, pitcher this rotation. But I just, I really like what Kyle Wright's done this season. Back to back seven inning shutouts against Colorado and Pittsburgh. I think he holds another struggling team down here. I, I, I like the Braves a lot in this one. All right. Yep, I like the Braves too. I just think it's a no brainer. <clears throat> no. This is like an overlay on your parlays type pick. This is one that if the A's win, that everyone in the comps say, baseball's fixed. It's like, I can't, I'm waiting for football. It's like, like there's no questionable calls in football <laughs> or something. It's like, oh my God, man. Did you not watch the Indiana-Illinois game? It's like. <laughs> did you not watch Oklahoma State where they reviewed it? Did you not watch the last, did you not, did you not watch the last 45 seconds of the Super Bowl? Um, I mean, come on. <laughs> Oh man! Seattle versus the White Sox. Seattle that that short schedule did not help them uh, yesterday. Um, they looked they looked very much the part. But now Logan Gilbert on the mound here against first ballot Hall of Famer Johnny Cueto. Um, I don't know. The Mariners still red hot. The White Sox are back in it. You know they really needed that Guardians loss yesterday. So it would have really really helped them. But you know if they can keep playing, they got a shot here. You know. What do you think? Only, only two games out after uh, after yesterday's win. But, yeah, I, I like the under in this one. I think it's just going to be a bona fide pitcher's duel. Johnny Cueto's pitched far better on the road this season as it is and has allowed uh, one one run runner less in uh, three of his last four starts. And Logan Gilbert, he has pitched better on the road than at home, but he's still one of the most consistent arms in this uh, in this Mariners rotation. I think he... Uh, and keeps the Mariners uh, in, ch- in in play here, and I think this is going to be a first to three wins kind of game, pitchers duel. So, give me the under between the, uh, the the, uh, the Mariners and White Sox. I've gone back and forth on this thing in the video. I took the Mariners, <laughs> but I could easily be convinced on the White Sox. For me, this is one I'm not touching as far as the side goes, but I probably go with the under um, when it comes to the score um, for the total. But as far as the side, I think it's coin flip. In which case, probably better off taking the dog. You know, if it's coin flip. Well, well, Johnny, well, first ballot, Johnny Cueto get the win tonight in Seattle. Whoa, three word, in, uh, what, two? Oh, there it is. Took all the guesswork out of it. I don't know if you guys can see it. Uh, I, it's going to flip. It said yes. <laughs> we were counting down the words. I was like, "What was it? Don't count on it. Don't." It is certain. And that says yes. There you go. <clears throat> I mean, I think that is where the value is. If it's a coin flip game, you're getting plus one twenty six on the uh, on the White Sox. Future cloudy. Ask again. <laughs> All 
Got the Dodgers taking on the Giants. I took the, I had the Giants yesterday. I gave it out in the video. Did the whole nine, the full Monty on that one. And uh, I don't know. I just thought getting Logan Webb at two to one or a money doesn't get much better than that. Chris, what do you what do you think of this one? We got to wrap it up here. Yeah, I don't see anyone. <clears throat> excuse me for the um, for the, uh, the the Giants right now, but. Uh, I may still lean towards the Giants just based on value. Tyler Anderson hasn't been as sharp. He's still been pretty decent for the Dodgers of late, but I think the Dodger, uh, the Giants are the more desperate team here. In a division rivalry game, uh, I, I think they come to play, but it's hard for me to make a, a, a solid wager without knowing who the Giants are starting in this one. I'm going to go with the Giants. I don't care who's pitching. Um, let's go to the parlay section of the show. Um, who do you like? I'll go with the over six and a half between the Twins and the Yankees. I'll go with the Cincinnati Reds, and I'll go with the uh, Atlanta Braves. I'll go with the Marlins. Put them with the uh, Marlins with the Cardinals run line with the... Marlins, Cardinals run line, and the Giants. This is Mitch. Thanks for joining us. Make it a winning day. We appreciate each and every one of you. Knock, knock.